0: Good morning. Happy New, Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Something happened to me last night that I'm sure it happened before, but literally I cannot remember when it happened. Of course, I do have a bad memory, so maybe Alexis can remind me. I actually went to sleep before 12. Eleven o'clock, I was sound asleep. Or at least going off to sleep. So New Year came, went. I didn't realize it till the morning. I don't know about you, but that was very foreign before in my life. It was it was like I had to ingest the first minute of the new year, no matter how tired I was. And, you know, I can't remember how many years I probably wasted watching that stupid ball drop. <laughs> except one year. Except one year when Alexa and I actually got to see it in person. That was kind of cool. That was actually really cool. we it, I don't even know how in the world we did it it's through a business contact or something. But we, we spent three days up there, and we stayed, stayed in a, it. it what was the hotel that's across from it? Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it is, but, but literally they have this restaurant that was our favorite restaurant that has these glass windows. And from the restaurant, you look and there's Times Square and there's the the ball right there. And the cool thing is, when, when you had tickets for that, you got to walk out, and you know how they group all the people in groups of, I think it's 100 or whatever it is, and then all the police walk in between to kind of control everything? Well, this gave you a pass to walk in between so we could walk up, and, you know, it was, it was really cool. And I remember after that thinking, okay, the ball dropped. That's kind of anticlimactic you know if there isn't hope for what's coming what's the point right and that's the truth about new years is it's always a reflection of the past year but if there isn't hope for the next year that's kind of depressing you're you're kind of in a rough spot right Amen. So last night I just slept through it all. I knew who my hope was in. It was certainly wasn't in that first minute <laughs> of New Year's. But the Lord did give me something that he had me write down last night. We're going to get into that. Before we do, let's pray. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We love you. Thank you, God, that... You are sitting on the throne. That no matter what it looks like in the world today, no matter what it looks like here in the United States, no matter what it looks like from the situational position of your bride, you are on the throne. And you have never stopped being on the throne. You declared in Psalm 82 that you would take the nations back and you have been calling us to do that very thing these past few years. We find ourselves now embedded in that war. As crazy as this sounds, Father, I, for me, would not choose to be anywhere else but to be embedded in this war. Embedded as your hands and your feet to be used to bring truth, to bring a death to the enemy. So I thank you. I thank you for what 2022 represented for what it accomplished for your kingdom. But God, I am filled with hope. Not complacent hope, but hope with expectation that as we move into this new year, This year, you will show us signs that we have never seen. This year, you will show us your hand move like it has never moved before. I won't begin to try and calculate even what that means. But we trust you. Lord, the people here are eager to hear from you. Those online are eager to hear from you, or at least most of them. Father, I am eager to hear from you. I give you my mouth. I give you my mind, my thoughts, my will, my hands, my feet. Do with them as you see fit this morning. Speak to us according to your will and according to your word. For we crave it. We love you desperately and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was with the Lord just talking with him. And and I'll do this, I'm sure you you guys do this, with different things you're doing, you're a multitasker, right? How many in here are multitaskers? Okay, I I think even if you didn't raise your hand, you probably are, right? We could be doing something that's more or less mundane or whatever, and, and our mind is doing something else, right? Oftentimes, I might be watching a movie, or I might be listening to music or something else, but my mind is in conversation with the Lord. Last night was, we were watching a movie and that was one of the things that I was just talking to the Lord about 2022. I thought it was ironic. And, and I don't know about you, but when was the last time you saw a full day filled with fog? I mean, and that's how it, it, where we were here in Delaware, that's how it was yesterday, all day. It, It was, you know, we've seen many times where it's foggy in the morning and, and it's, you know burns off in the middle of the day or late morning or whatever and and clears off but yesterday it didn't at all even in the rain oftentimes it's not foggy so i i don't know i'm sure there's whatever produces that and everything else but it was foggy all day and i was talking to the lord about that and and just just kind of found it odd but but he said something to me that he had me write down and he didn't expand upon any of this until a little bit this morning as I was spending time with him this morning. But he said these words to me and had me write them down. 2022 was a year of exposure. 2023 will be a year of recompense. And it was interesting because... I know what recompense means, right? We all know what recompense means, but I thought, you know what, let me look that up. Let me let me read what it actually means. So I, I looked it up, and, and in the form in which I took it from him, it, it, it is this, it's compensation or reward given for loss or harm suffered, or effort made. And in the sentence that it gives where it uses it in a sentence, it says substantial damages were paid in recompense. And and I thought that was interesting. You know, he had me write that down last night, just what he had me write down. I looked it up this morning. And he began to show me what 2023 will look like from our perspective, from a remnant's perspective. I mean, the situation is going to be all over the world, but, but you can look at things as devastating or you could look at things as hopeful depending upon your perspective, right? Because what he meant in saying that 2022 was a year of exposure was that it produced literal chaos. It produced confusion. And I thought the metaphor was really cool. Cool. When we had a day of fog, it produced a fog. It produced a lack of clarity, certainly in the world, out of fear, out of anything else. But honestly, even in the bride, and especially the bride who would not believe, there's fog. There's, Lord, why is all this happening? You know, are, are are we not pleasing to you? Why is this happening? When they don't see the very thing that he's doing is for his children. And so I I thought it was kind of cool when I was sitting there this morning and and the sun was rising up and and it, it, even even early this morning there was still kind of a haze I, for those of you who were up there's still kind of a fog kind of a haze, you know when I opened the the Curtains and opened the front door and, you know, sat in my chair. And as the sun rised, you just saw it burn off. By the time I drove to church this morning, it was just perfectly blue sky. Everything clear, everything burnt off. And I thought, what an incredible metaphor of what that haze does for a believer who would believe. And, and that is what he's going to do for his remnant. That's what he's going to ult- ultimately do for his bride. But he did tell me, and this is the tough part. <laughs> I, I, I don't want you to be discouraged by what I say. But to the world, Even to the bride who would not believe, 2023 will be known as a year of death. But to the remnant, he said 2023 will be known as a year of life. Now, I'm not going to peel that apart and explain that to you. Go to the Lord and ask him yourself. I'm just... I'm just glad that he gave the two different perspectives. He did take me, however, to a passage that I think explains the first one. I I, I have my own thoughts about what the the second perspective of it being a, a year of life. But he took me to Revelation chapter 18. I want you to turn there. When he said that this will be a year known, so I'm assuming at the end of it, people will look back and say that year was known as a year of death. And he took me to this passage in Revelation chapter 18, we're going to begin at verse 4. And, and by the way, this is talking about the fall of Babylon, just so you know, if, if you go back the first few verses, it It explains the fall of Babylon. This is the fall of a city, but it is also the fall of a system. And and I do want to explain, actually, before we go to Revelation, I want to explain something real quick because I don't want it to be confusing to you. As we go into Revelation, it's real easy to think, wait a second, okay, this this is all tribulation talk because when we go through this, this is the destruction of Babylon. Right? So, so if it destroys now and we're not in the tribulation, is it going to be destroyed again? How does that work? Where does the Bible say that? I want to show you. Because it is. It will be destroyed twice. Before before you keep your finger in Revelation, but turn to Zechariah chapter 5. Zechariah... The Lord told me years ago, gives a picture of the end times, if you will, from the perspective of, of the entire world. So, so if, as you pull it apart, you start to see that there are two days of the Lord. There are two judgments. There are two cycles, right? There's a cycle that we all know, which is for Israel, which all the promises for Israel are yes and amen. They will happen. They are not voided because Israel rejected him, because the Bible said God is faithful even when we're not faithful. So those will happen. The thousand-year reign where Christ reigns from Jerusalem physically will happen. And that's what we think of after the tribulation period and, and what it goes through. How Babylon will be destroyed and that's, that's what it talks about in Revelation. But there's another time. And that's what we're going to go over in Zechariah here real quick. So, so you have this, this mental note as to what is going on. Chapter 5 of Zechariah starting at verse 5. Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, Lift your eyes and see what this is going out. And I said, What is it? He said, This is the basket that is going out. And he said, This is their iniquity in all the land. And behold, the leaden cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting in the basket. And he said, This is wickedness. And he thrust her back into the basket and thrust down the leaden weight on its opening. First of all, recognize in this picture it is witchcraft, and what we will read here in a minute, it will be carried by witchcraft. What is witchcraft in the Bible? Sin of rebellion. Absolutely. It is the sin of rebellion, not turning to God, but turning to another. Verse 9. Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, two women coming forward. The wind was their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork. And they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. Then I said to the angel who talked to me, Where are they taking the basket? He said to me, To the land of Shinar, to build a house for it and when this is prepared they will set the basket there on its base okay now if you understand some of the pieces there you understand the timing of what's going on the land of shinar is babylon right the land of shinar is where the tower of babel was built that whole land it 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 is the whole land where mount hermon is and and we've gone over all this stuff in the past. You're talking about the beginnings of where this demonic stronghold, this demonic leadership began. Right? And so what it's saying here is that all of this witchcraft, all of this evil has been contained into this, uh, the, the word there calls it a cauldron. And a heavy lead lid put on top. So it becomes contained. Which if you understand Zechariah and you understand even the, the uh, pr- prophetic plans of what God has for his bride. You know evil and God cannot be in authority in the same place. doesn't work. So it will be bound up. All this evil that is being fought now will be bound up. Again, I I encourage you to go back to podcasts. We've been talking about this for a while, a couple of months. This battle, this war is for what? Is just for your freedom? No. No. That's something you can take today. This battle is for what Satan did not steward properly, right? He was the caretaker of the world, if you will, because it was given to him by Adam. Yet Jesus came 2,000 years ago and paid the penalty for that giveaway, but yet he never took it back. He never turned around and then ruled to take it back because his desire was to be in partnership with the bride who would take it back with him, who would take it back in faith. Why? Because Hebrews says faith is what pleases him. So I know this is kind of the long way around explaining the fact that you have two different times, That Babylon will be destroyed. Okay? You have the system being destroyed, which is the battle that we're in now. What is that Babylonian system? Well, again, I encourage you to go back and listen. It was established at the tower and grew throughout time. It wasn't about a city, it was about A rulership. It was what Satan wanted all along. To be worshipped. To be worshipped over Yahweh God. But we're at a time in history where this is going to be and is being destroyed. What's the first step of destruction? Exposure. Exposure. You can't destroy if you don't know it's there. You don't know what to destroy until you know what is going on. Man, look, look back at 2022. Look at the exposure. I mean, it, it, I'll just speak here in America. I mean, you could go all over the world, but just here in America, I think Americans are waking up to the fact that they are no longer represented in Washington. Washington. I mean, are you guys represented in Washington? No, me neither. In fact, the representation is for themselves. When did politics become a job? I mean, you look at you know, Joe Biden who's been in there for 800 years or whatever, whatever it's been. Now, by, by the way, let me trail here and just say I am for term limits for everybody. How's that? You know, how about they, they do term, term limits for a president? How about term limits for the senators, for the congressmen? Because it's not supposed to be a job, guys. Why should there be term limits? Because they should be spent. After their time. It's like I've given. I can't give anymore. Here's somebody else take over. Now, I, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't congressmen and senators that are doing it right that maybe have been in there for more terms. But the the problem is that people take advantage, right? They take advantage of it. it's not supposed to be that way. They're supposed to be there representing you. So what has been exposed in 2022 is they're not. They're they're, they're literally representing themselves ultimately, but for their own gain. You know, I'm not going to make this a, a political morning, but I mean, the reality is they probably represent China more than the United States. They represent certainly Ukraine more than the United States. They represent those who make money off all that, that ridiculous war. By the way, pray for the people there, but pray against the leadership there. They will be brought down. That's part of the exposure. That's part of the exposure coming this year. Zelensky will be exposed. He'll be exposed for who he is not who he wants you to think he is. And I I don't want to go off on a tangent, but good night. I I am all about being casual and comfortable, but if you can't respect our government enough to put on a suit, hopefully I, I won't eat those words because I hate suits, but I'd put on a suit. There is exposure coming because all of 22 has laid that groundwork. You, you talk to the average American, and they know that they're not, certainly bride, they know they're not represented in Washington. And yet, it's supposed to be that way. So there's exposure. There's exposure in the church. There's been exposure in the church in 2022. That's going to ramp up heavy because judgment is here for the church. There's no more hiding in that. There's no more hiding. The line has come to the end. When, when, you, take, when you take a knife and you take a stake and you cut a line, right, it brings separation for that top layer. Then you cut it a little deeper, brings further separation. Cut it a little deeper, brings further separation. That's what's been going on. What happens when you finally cut through? when you finally cut through it's separation that's where we're at that's where we're at prophetically that is what happens why because the battle is against the enemy who is supposed to be stuffed into that cauldron do you understand that do you believe and 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 I would I would say very few actually maybe not in here but very few understand this, let alone believe this. Do you believe that in this day and age, in this life, in this world, that God wants to see evil bound and sent away? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that can happen? Because see, your average Christian doesn't. That's why it's so common to hear the the thing, well, I'm just waiting for the rapture. I'm just waiting for him to come back, for it to get so bad that he comes back. Good night. Open up your Bible and understand it does not say that anywhere in the Word of God. There is no victory in that. In fact, that is defeat. That is running away. Paul even said, I would rather go to be with you, Jesus, but I won't because... You need me here. I need to fight. I need to lay a groundwork. I need to lay a foundation to plow a road that others can follow. That's literally what he said. That's the, should be the perspective of the bride. The thing is, it's already been plowed. Those roads have already been marked. Now God just wants His remnant to come along and get the enemy off the road. That's what He's going to do. Yes, His evil, the enemy's evil, is to be bound. Is to be put in one place. Is to be defeated. Not eradicated. Okay? Because there is a time after the rapture, there is a time where that evil will be finally judged. But whatever it looks like, I can tell you what I think it looks like, but it all gets placed into this cauldron. It's almost like the thought, the witchcraft thought of evil, all evil gets placed in this cauldron and taken off where? To the land of Shinar, to Babylon. Now, if you understand Revelation, you understand that, that it is talking about a physical place. See, right now we would say, okay, Babylon destroyed. Yeah, not a physical place because, I mean, there is a physical Babylon, but there's it, really not much to destroy there. It's, not, it's certainly not what is described through the merchant's eyes as being the greatest city in the world. Okay, you you have to read that metaphorically if you're going to apply it to it being a physical place. Unless you understand that it will be destroyed two times. The system that has been built, this Babylonian system, will be destroyed in the days we live now. Boy, God has said that. God has told us that. He has told other prophets that. He is doing that. You see it. It begins with that exposure. But it will happen again because this basket, this, this wickedness that is taken over to the land of Shinar, literally to Babylon, which is in, I think it's northern Iraq, it's going to be placed there and held until such a time that they could do something with it because they won't be able to in the time of the church, in the readying of the bride. Why? Because all demonic spirits, except personal choice perhaps, all land demonic spirits all land principalities will be eradicated from the land all over the world they will be god has already begun this process he began that process with three years ago or whatever it was when the court of nations began he has already started that process i can tell you that he is already targeting things leaders, whatever, what have you, that will bring down those systems. The systems that were intended to control us. So be happy. As His remnant, be excited for what He's doing. But understand that what is happening now is the destruction of a system that will be placed metaphorically in this cauldron, or maybe it's a real cauldron. I don't even know. Don't even care. Just get it out of here. And it will be taken to the land of Shinar. So let's go back to Revelation. So understanding that this is for now and understanding what is going on now, let's read about this. Read about the destruction of Babylon, which is where the Lord took me this morning when I was asking Him about What those years meant, especially 2023, year of recompense. And let's see. Let's just go back to the beginning of 18. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen! Fallen is Babylon the great! She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from power of her luxurious living. Oh my goodness. If that doesn't give you a picture of Washington, D.C. right now, I don't know what will. And and forgive me for trying to tie something together, but it did not hit me. Originally, I was going to start in verse 4. The Lord said, no, 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 go back and, and start at verse 1. Because I didn't make that connection. I mean, I, I have, but not in these Verses. But look at what those said, that literally the world have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. The kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. Look at what's being exposed now. Okay, America is the leader of the world, or certainly was. Everybody wanted a piece of the American pie. We were sold out by those who were supposed to represent us. We were sold out for their lust for themselves. I'm telling you, What has been set up here by the call out of the angel has been going on here in America all across the world. Verse 4, Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. Her sins are heaped high as heaven. And God has remembered her iniquities. Man, your whole life you've heard preaching about, don't go the way of the world, right? Listen to God. Fight the ways of the world. And I remember for me, you know, I I was a business owner for years. I owned several businesses. And for me it was, well, yeah, but you know, I still have to be in the world. I'm not of the world, but I'm in the world. And what I found because of my desire to be a success in the world, I found I was more of the world than I thought. Because, see, I chose to work within the world's system to move ahead in the world's system instead of trusting God to move me how He wants to move me. I wasted 25 years of my life doing that. Who knows? Who knows what time that cost just because I didn't want to change a paradigm. See, but the thing is, that's what he's doing in the bride right now. He's saying, don't put yourself because you're in the world don't put yourself in the classification that, well, yes, I have to do this because this is kind of how it works. I have to do this in my job because I need the paycheck. I know they're telling me to, to you know, get this vaccine. I know they're telling me this so I can keep getting my paycheck. And I, I know that's kind of yesterday's news, <laughs> more poignant maybe six months ago. we all went through it. You know, how about when your employer comes to you and tells you, stop talking to people about Jesus Christ. This is not the place for that. This is a place of business. Yeah, well, I'm about the business of Jesus Christ. In In fact, your response should be, no, trust me, you want me to do this. Because you want his blessing on this business. Because if I don't, you won't be here a year from now. And that's the truth. That's the truth of it. We were never to succumb to the world's ways, the Babylon ways. Because they, they were never, those worldly systems were never about being foundationally set on Jesus Christ. In fact, if you go back and look at the foundation of what the Tower of Babel was, which is where it was built and started, it was everything against Yahweh God. So much so that he said, fine, fine, you you want them so bad? Have them. And he gave away the nations, it says in Deuteronomy 32. But praise God he didn't leave it there. Because in Psalm 82, he judged those whom he gave authority over, which were those who were in his council. He found them wanting, and, and listen to this. Okay, angels don't die, right? Principalities, angels, whether they be fallen or didn't fall, they don't die, right? We know that. Have you ever you know, seen an angel die? No. They don't die. They might get sent to the abyss, but they don't die. And even with that, until now, they didn't get sent, until Jesus died on the cross, nothing went to the abyss in that way. Doesn't say it at all in the Word of God. But in Psalm 82, the Father says, your judgment is that you will die like regular men. Death. Death will take over them. Why? Because they stewarded improperly what God expected them to steward. That's a tough word. That's a scary word. Because God has expectation of stewardship of each and every one of you and me. We are to steward not only what he gives us, Not not just the things that he gives us. Because when we think of stewardship, we think of money, right? That's the first thing that comes to our mind. And yes, it includes that. But man, if your list ends at money, you better get out some more pieces of paper. Because it's about stewarding everything in your life. It's about stewarding your time. It's about stewarding your hopes. Stewarding your dreams, stewarding your faith, stewarding your trust. You know, we could place our trust in this world, in that system, right? Or we can steward it with God and place it with Him. That then may take it a different way. May take it away literally to crush the demonic spirits that are being perpetuated in that system. So again, recognize what is being destroyed here that's being explained in verse 4 four and 5. That is a system being destroyed. Then verse 6 is, is the reason God took me to this place in the first place after the word he gave me last night. Verse 6, pay her back as she herself has paid back others. That's literally what recompense means. Pay her back. Pay that Babylonian system back. Pay her back for what she paid to others. For what she did against God's name. For what she did against His children. Whether they believe it or not. Whether they recognize it or not. Whether you know truth or not, if you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as Savior, you are His child whether you think so or not. You're involved in this whether you think so or not. So pay her back as she herself has paid back others and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason her plagues will come in a single day. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. For this reason, verse eight, her plagues will come in a single day: Death and mourning and famine. She will be burnt up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. This is happening now, guys. You can believe it or not. It's up to you. It doesn't really matter. It, It's not your truth versus my truth. It is the truth. It is God's truth. If you want to know if that is His truth, press into Him and ask Him. He will not tell you any differently. This year of recompense is the payback that the Lord is demanding. Not the payback to the bride that's different that that 's not what he what he meant by a year of recompense, a year of payback i mean I, I shouldn't say that there are two perspectives here okay that, that work together they're not opposite each other they're just looking from two vantage points because you have a year of recompense, which coupled with what the Lord said about it being a year of death. That's what the world is going to see. That's what they're going to look back and see, that the Lord paid back what was taken. Now, look at this, and we we could say, oh my goodness, I mean, so much has been taken from the bride, and that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, and that's why I think the Lord also said from the remnant's perspective, it will be a year of new life, or a year of life, is what He said. But, but, but the word He's giving me this morning is from the perspective of Him. What is the payback for? It's for what's been stolen from Him. What has been stolen from Yahweh God. Us. His creation. His creation was stolen when Adam gave it away. It was not stewarded properly all throughout the years. This warfare has gone on, gone on all throughout the years. The recompense is for him. The recompense is because his children, who are obedient to his voice, have cried out and not stopped. And and you could say he's heard it because we're crying out, or you could say he's heard it because it's time. I don't care. You take either, either perspective. All I'm telling you is that he heard it. And that's the process we've been in for a few years now. This is him taking it back. And, and I know, especially online, that's going to be really hard to, to believe. It's going to be really hard to take in this idea of destruction. Well, it's that last cut. Alex and I were talking about it this morning that, that there are people in the bride where they just have a short time left to believe without seeing. I don't know what happens after that. That's, that's not my point. My point is when things do happen and they see it, they can no longer believe by faith. Perhaps there'll be something else to believe by faith in in what God is doing, but in Him bringing this transfer, this destruction of this Babylonian system, and a transfer to His remnant, to His children that would believe, that line is almost done. It's to that last cut where you finally cut through the meat and it's fully separated. That's the vision the Lord showed me. I'm not going to explain that. You can read into that however you want. Ask the Lord to explain that to you. I'm just sharing with you the vision of what that is. Because he's saying to hold fast. For those who are there, for those who believe, hold fast. Hold fast. Pray. Trust. Because he has called you to be a warrior. Have you ever been a part of any, like, war games as a child? Did you ever play paintball or, or ever uh, do any of those? I, I remember, oh, goodness, I don't even, when did I go to, I think it was Hume Lake. Was I seven? Okay, no, then it was before that. Um, I, I want to say I was in third or fourth grade, because I was, like, I didn't have friends back then. I was, you know. it, it, it was, it was, when, I was fir- when I first became friends with Bill. That was like third grade, right? Third or fourth grade? Yes. No, well, it was Tustin. No, it was Tustin. It was before we moved Tustin. Sorry. I'm talking to my mom, for those of you online. I was, I was like third grade, somewhere around there. I'm this little kid. And I remember I I got sent to this day camp. And I don't know if you guys sent me to this day camp or if I was visiting somebody else and I go to this day camp. It's like, that's the last thing in the world. I'm not going with people, right? So I'm going there and, yeah, just go meet people, okay? You know, so I go there and and we're doing these games and, and they explain this game. And it was called Capture the Flag. And it seemed very simple. And and I remember thinking this, this was my first dose of okay I enjoy this stuff this is really cool because later on I played paintball and I've told those stories and all that but here I am this little kid and and there had to be I, I would say at least at least seventy five to a hundred kids per team so a couple hundred kids the the size of the field was probably the size of maybe a football field. And a half. I mean, it was huge. It was huge. And they had a fort. We had a fort. We start on our side. They start on our, their side. And Okay, the whole idea is to get their flag and get it back to your side. And then you win. I was four years old. Could I run then? Does a four-year-old run? I don't think they really run, do they? I mean, I know a toddler runs and they become a pain in the rear. Okay, well, but, okay, I, I feel like I was a little older than four years old. Anyways, I, I'll finish telling this story. So I'm, I'm listening to, to this stuff, and, and we had, they, they put these flags, kind of like flag football. They put these flags on you so if your flag was taken, you're out of the game, or you're captured, I guess, whatever. And I thought, okay, um, so I can't let them capture my flag. And they're explaining to go do this. And I look up on the right, and we're, we're kind of a, a flat area up, and then there's a hill. Kinda, kinda, we're in the foothills of a mountain area. And there's kind of a hill with all this brush and grass and everything else. And I remember thinking, why is everybody just running toward the flag, and they're getting their flags taken? That makes no sense. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go up there. And if I crawl all the way, no one will see me. And literally, that's what I did. The game probably went on for easily an hour, maybe an maybe hour and a half. And it kept, you know, they'd get the flag, get caught, and get, kept going back and forth. And, you know, every now and then I'd poke my head up and look and see what's going on. And I'm crawling. I'm just in these weeds. I can't, I think I got poison ivy after that, too. But anyways, I'm crawling, and finally I come up on the other end, and they're all in front of me, the enemy, looking that way. And there's the flag right there. And I thought, okay, so what do I do once I get it? Because I don't, I don't think I can outrun all these people. So I thought, okay, well, I grabbed it. I stuffed it in my pocket. <laughs> so they couldn't see it. But they could see my, because we weren't allowed to hide our other flags. So I stuffed it in my pocket, and I went like this, and I just start running, trying to hide my... And and they didn't figure out what was going on until I got about midway. And I'm just yelling the whole time, I got the flag! Protect me! And I'm running. trying to remember why I told that story here. No, the point is this. There comes a point on the battlefield where you could see the victory. Right? You could see the victory. You might be able to see a strategy for victory to come, but there comes a point in the battlefield where you can see the victory. Believe it or not, we're at that point. We will see that in 2023 where it is not being hid any longer. We've got that flag. We're protecting our flags and we're just running. And we're just hoping that the rest of the bride will wake up and see and kind of move around and not let anything near. Because the enemy is being defeated. We read a couple of weeks ago the declaration that was done down in Washington, D.C., It will be made desolate. The Lord has said this before. I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before. It will be made desolate. There will be destruction citywide. It will come to a point where it is no longer our nation's capital. That's weird for me. I don't know about you. That's weird for me. But that's what the Lord said, that it's going to be placed where it was originally intended in the first place, which is Philadelphia. That was God's original intention. So some of you who, you know, like investments, you may want to go buy some land in Philadelphia. Because I have a feeling it's going to grow in value. And if you have any investments in land in D.C., I don't know, you might want to sell them. (laughs) Because that destruction is coming. And it's not just the physical destruction, but it is the destruction of that system. It is the system that Satan has used to get ahead, to literally put Christians, that was his target... All mankind, certainly, but Christians under his thumb. In, in other words, I can't get them to, to believe in me because they believe in Yahweh God, but, but through this system, I can put them in a place where I could lock them down. And that's what he's done. That's what he's done through our money system. That's what he's done through our investment system. By the way, anybody who knows investments at all, you've you got to know by now it's manipulated, right? Okay, for the market to still be up above 33000 right now is ridiculous. And gold to be non-moving, that's ridiculous. With everything else going on, it's propped up. It's propped up because of a system that has been put in place to hold the Christians down. I know that sounds so conspiracy theorist. Amen. Amen. You know, it's only conspiracy theory if it's not true. When it's true, it's not conspiracy theory anymore. It's conspiracy fact. Right? I am speaking conspiracy fact. Take, Take that to the bank. There's nothing theory about it. And the cool thing, the other fact is, God is dismantling it and and by the way as as part of the remnant don't be afraid of what that means oh man so i better pull this out of this and no there's protection on you he has said that time and time again i don't even know how all that works thank god that he is god that he can know us individually and he he knows well this person has this this has it, you know so he takes care of it all individually he leads us individually what a job. That would just give me a headache. I have a hard enough time leading myself. Let alone throw other people into the mix of that. But what he's, what he's going to see, what we're going to see in 2023 is a payback of what's been stolen from him. This land. Have you ever had land stolen from you? This land was stolen from him, not stewarded properly. So he's taken back the land all over the world. He's taken it back. That's what recompense means. That's what's going to begin this year is not just the confusion of everything being a fog, just as the fog of 2022 was prevalent. That fog will lift in 2023. And it will become clear. It will become crystal clear to those who would see. To those who wouldn't see, they're just going to be victims of that change. So this is about hope. This is about the fact that we're at a point Where it becomes manifest. Where the faith becomes manifest. Why? Because it's time to take our faith to a greater level. So he brings manifestation to our faith that then builds a foundational building block to be built upon for a higher level of faith. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see it in your own life. You're going to see it in this nation. You're going to see it in the bride. Lex, come on up. So be excited. Be excited for what this year means. And, and I know there's a lot of turmoil that comes with that word. But not when you are embedded with him in relationship. Amen.
1: I was thinking about that what the lord said to him about it being a year of death versus life and the first thing that um the lord showed me was galatians 6 8, 8 9 i mean 6 9 and 10 or even before that 7 8 it's really starting at 7 that we're not to be weary in well-doing because in due season we're going to reap if we faint not but those who sow to their self to selfish things will reap their corruption destruction and those that sow in the spirit are going to reap life so this is the time of the great harvest. And we're going to see what people have sown. We're seeing it now. It is beginning to manifest. And please ask, you know, it's also not the time where when you, when, when there's revelation that's really profound about what God is doing on the earth today, spending time in the word as a little devotional. It just doesn't cut it anymore. People need to be in the word, studying the word. When you seek him, you'll find him. And the more you believe for him, just like in the parable of the sower, be careful how you hear in terms of your faith. Because when you hear well, when you're willing to be um, a a Brian and and believe, but then seek it out deeper, more will be given. If you don't hear well, then what you even think you understand is going to be taken. And, and that's what's led to a lot more confusion. But God really wants to give revelation um, deeper. And and there is um, there is such a fear, as I said, I think it was last week. There's such a fear that, well, what if we get deceived? What if it's not right? It's no wonder that, that many Christians would want to just kind of not think about all this and just kind of hold on to the rapture because... Unless you have a deep personal relationship with Jesus and you can trust him to show you what is happening, then it it, it would be terrifying. How could you possibly um, even begin to manage things that he's showing you about markets and banking and finances and, and the corruption now? Every new exposure would lead you to go, okay, well, what can I do? What can I control? And the Lord is saying, you can't. You can't control anything. You just need to trust me. And isn't it wild to realize that everything we have known or thought was our actual reality, we're finding out wasn't even the truth. It's, I mean, I, I've seen a movie like that once where this child was born into captivity and they were many, many years old when they came out and their whole world was basically like a dungeon. And they didn't even experience what the world was like until they came out of that and they had to discover what was the, their actual reality outside of that little space. It was, it was a really weird, I just stumbled on it a few years ago. And I remember that the Lord showed me that's what he's doing now. When all you have ever known in tradition, in truth, in what we say, well, that's just the way it is. That's just the way things are. That's just what you do. Based on what? The Lord wants us to seek him to show us What is actually our real reality? So when Jesus came and said the kingdom of God is at hand, he wants us to be people of the kingdom. And the kingdom ways are so different than the ways of this world. So um, that's that's really where we are. And that, I would say, more than anything else, you know, many people go into a, a start of the new year fasting, seeking the Lord, going really deeper with him. Man, start this year. Saying, Lord, show me, you show me in your word, in with your voice, by Holy Spirit as my guide, show me what's really going on. That's kind of my thing just between me and the Lord. Every morning I wake up and go, Lord, what is going on? Get my thoughts straight. Because I want to start my day with his perspective. Otherwise, I'm just going to have a knee-jerk reaction to everything I see, everything I hear, you know, people that are doing this, doing that. A pastor found out to be, you know, embezzling or child trafficking for decades. And, you know, these things that rock you, things, you know, institutions you find out were corrupt to the core and, and you always thought they were the good guys. I mean, some of these exposures can just rock you. But not when you're like, okay, Lord, you show me who you are. See, he is faithful. He is consistent. He will always, always guide us and lead us. And I cannot be shaken. I can be rocked a little bit back and forth but never moved when I'm standing on him. And, um, and it's, it's really interesting. When you're in him, some of these earth-shattering things that you're going to find out, these things that are shocking, they won't really impact you. In fact, it's weird. You'll kind of have a, yep. Lord, I I knew you, you somehow showed me that you showed that to my spirit. Even before I found that news out, does it break our hearts to see people that are not choosing him to see people who are, um, you know, being found out. And by the way, some, for some people, the exposure could be the best thing that ever happened to them. Opportunity now to no more hiding. Choose him, choose him. Don't be stiff necked so that you're suddenly cut off. Choose him. So pray for the people, pray for the bride. Pray for the bride that there be no more opportunity to stick their head in the sand. Lord, let that sand be so rock hard that they can't get their head in it, okay? So that they have to face what they don't want to face. People, and somebody even said it to me this morning, Who it was Paul, said, you know, people that want to say, I just want to go back to the way things were. What, the, the times when you didn't have to face what God was trying to show you? You want to go back there? I want to go forward into the real reality of the deepest Most amazing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ with his perspective and actual truth, not the truth that the prince of the power of the air has tried to continue to show me the smoke and mirrors life. No, I want the light to burn away the fog, right? Praise God. He will do it. Father, thank you, God. Thank you for this word this morning. God, I know it's it's a lot. It's heavy at points. And sometimes we get hung up on certain statements and things that we we may need to go to your word and dig and say, Lord, show me that. Show me that. I've never seen it through that perspective. Show me the the depth of revelation by you, Holy Spirit, in Zechariah. Show me the depth of revelation in Revelation. God, show me your word. Show me how it connects. God, you, when we seek you with all of our heart, you will not lead us into deception. When we don't have an agenda except that we want your will, your way, in a repentant, laid-down, humble stance, In our hearts, God, you will lead us into all truth. That is why you gave us Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So, God, I just I just pray that you would help us to seek you and to um, to not get um, holding back in any kind of a I just don't understand it or, or giving up, Lord. But that we would continue to press on, and God, that we would trust you even when there are unanswered questions. And I know sometimes that is a place you stretch our faith. And I heard a a wonderful man of God say, what does your relationship with God look like when you're in a place where you don't have all the answers to the questions in your heart? Do we still trust you? Do we still love you, God? I pray that you would allow us to rest in you when we're waiting for revelation. Because, God, only you know when it's time to reveal something profound, something deep. And sometimes you have to ready us for how powerful these revelations are. I thank you in my own life for what you did in bringing me to the place where when you were going to open me up to something that I had never seen before in your word, God, that you took me through some things first. And so, God, we just, I just pray that we would trust you, that we would mean it with our enduring faith through the trials. Truth, when we say we we believe you, God, that we would walk that out and have the works with our faith so that it's not dead. God, I just love you. I praise you. God, there is nothing but hope for this year because of who you are. There is nothing. God, help us to do a check. If we ever start to feel the oppression that is beginning to kind of Weigh on us like some dark cloud. God, let us take authority over that by the name and blood of Jesus. Because that is not you. You, the manifest of your spirit, are the fruits of the spirit. God, that love, that joy, that peace. God, help us to walk in who you are with these these manifest fruits in our lives every day no matter what we see. Because you will never leave us or forsake us. I just love you and praise you. And thank you, God, for this body here. God, thank you for so many I'm meeting in different places, God, who you, you've been taking them on this journey. They're hungry. They're hopeful. They're willing to believe you. Oh, God, I just love that. I, I love being around people who are just hungry and passionate for you. Not, not those that have all the answers. As soon as we think we have all the answers, we, we probably know we're, we're off, God. We just have to just totally, totally be in sync with you because you, you reveal things, really, sometimes every moment of every day. I just love how you speak in so many different ways. Thank you, God. Continue to strengthen us, and we just give. We give this first day of the year gathered together in your name totally to you in our worship, our praise, and our thanks.